Blog Talk Radio. much for our musical tribute to Houston. <laughs> We're still working the kinks out in the studio. Welcome to This is the Real. I am uh, your co-host, Dave Abbott, along with my fellow host, Tony Ferraro. You know, what's so funny about that is when that started, my thought was, honestly, you're going to play a four-minute song after the start thing. <laughs> <laughs> for a moment, oh I seriously David, considered this is radio, doing it. not daytime soap operas. <laughs> wanted to torture you. I was gonna see. I was thinking about doing it and seeing how long you could put up with it for. Yeah, well, you you found my limit. Oh, good. All right. Well, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, we thought we would start the show with a, a bit of a public service announcement. Uh, obviously, as everybody knows, there was a terrible. A biblical event in Houston this last week, and um, there are ways that you can help. So uh, if you are so inclined and you are so able, please do uh, get out there, get involved, donate. Uh, the American Red Cross is accepting donations. Obviously, the Salvation Army, Save the Children, Southern Baptist Disaster Relief, Heart to Heart, Samaritan's Purse, the Texas Diaper Bank, Team Rubicon is an emergency response team uh, made up of military veterans and first responders. Uh, there are lots of food banks out there. Feeding Texas is a statewide network of food banks. Houston Press uh, has also compiled a list of uh, food banks that uh, you can go and, and go to the Houston Press website. So please do get involved. Also, the Humane Society, the SPCA of Texas, there are lots of pets out there. Blood donations can be made. You can you can give in all sorts of ways. So please do uh, uh, be active, be proactive, get involved, and, and help your fellow man. Right, Tony? A- a- absolutely. And if I can add to that, I, I would want to say, you know, a lot of people get really nervous about uh, donating to charities and so forth during times like this because they're afraid of either fraud or they're afraid of, you know, so much of my money, if I give it to one of these organizations, it's going to go to administration and things like that, that it's not really being spent well. And, and what I would say to that is uh, I've got some really close friends that are in the nonprofit space. And uh, what some of their advice is at this point is that your, your large nonprofits like the Salvation Army and the Red Cross are absolutely the right places to go in times like this because they actually have the infrastructure set up to deliver you know, real solutions to, you know, people that are in need at times like this. Um, so don't, don't forget about the Red Cross and Salvation Army and, and some of those organizations as well, because this is what they do best. Good point. And um, I, I, I'm sure I speak for you too. My heart goes out to the people of, uh, to the people of uh, Houston, Texas. It, uh, it, the, the images are absolutely unbelievable and they've been appalling and hard to, hard to fathom really you look at the water there it's just it's incredible if i if i had a boat and i could get out there i'd go yeah it's actually quite crazy my uh my in-laws are in houston and uh, my mother-in-law lives on in in a brand new development and they actually had created uh, a, a sort of a well, it, it's a waterway that looks similar to a river, but it's a man-made sort of waterway that they had intentionally built for drainage 
and it's literally on the other side of the street outside her front door. And even with that, um, you know, when she went to bed the other night, the water was not even breaching the shore of this little riverway. And literally the next morning she woke up and it was at the top of her steps. Um, and she's about four steps up uh, off the off the ground level. So it's um, it, it was incredibly swift in terms of how quickly it, you know, overtook residential areas and, uh, you know, a lot of older folks, but, but not just them, you know, you mentioned animals, tons of animals stranded and yeah. really sad. Um, Terribly saw sad. dogs. Yeah. Dogs and horses and so forth tied, tied up. Yeah. Uh, they, they couldn't yeah. escape themselves. And, wow. and uh, it's so, so tragic. And, you know, I read today, even a, one of the congressmen uh, from the state of Texas got stuck in his own home and, and had to be rescued. Um, so it's, it, you know, and you, when you think about somebody like that, clearly he had means, clearly he had access to information, clearly he had everything that he would have needed to have in order to not be stuck, and yet he was stuck. Uh, so well, he, how much he was, worse in off all fairness, everyone he else? was a U.S. congressman, so <laughs> there's that. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. yeah, but my point is, it's how much worse off is everyone else, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it It's just really tragic. So the but 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 equally tragic is uh how you know the the news has started to flood the front pages and and airways airwaves with um criticisms etc immediately using this opportunity to um politicize you know politicize and, and and criticize uh the administration and so forth and it's it's just sad that at a time like this, when people in the streets are coming together, regardless of race, religion, creed, backgrounds, you know, et cetera, um, that our media finds the need to create division. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, you were just mentioning before we came on the air about um, the, the, uh, the total just fixation with Melania's shoes that she, she yeah. went to Texas in. What, that's crazy. Like, who cares it, what she was wearing on her feet when she went to Texas? Well, apparently, people that read the New York Times do, and and that, or at least oh, the, come the, on now. the paper thinks they do, or at least the paper thinks they do, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it either that or Salvatore Ferragamo spent a lot of money to have that be a, a front page story. <laughs> I mean, it's um, that's like free advertising for Ferragamo, right? You've got to be I mean, it's it, 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 it just abs. It absolutely. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll admit it. You know, what? why is the woman in four-inch pumps, you know, walking through the rainstorm headed to Texas? I agree. It doesn't make sense. But, you know, she is a fashion model. That is her background. Um, you know, it makes absolutely less sense that the New York Times would choose to talk about that instead of the fact that race relations in Texas right now are not an issue. That's a great point. That's a great point. You know, I, I actually just read uh, on Twitter, I think it was earlier tonight about it. Uh, there's a, a black comedian in Texas who says that he went out in a boat and rescued a guy who had a Confederate flag. And, and you know, that's the thing. You, you, look at, you look at these kinds of events and really you can forget about all the looting and you can forget, you know, there's been a little bit of talk about looting and robberies. I tend to think when it comes to looting in times like this, that's just survival. Um, and, and by the way, there isn't, people are insured against looting in times like this, but I, I think that, um, Oh, well, we really, what stuff, you see, because it's free yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it, but you know, there's, there are people being extraordinarily kind to each other out there right now. That's the point, isn't it? It doesn't matter what color, or background, or or background break, or any of that. I mean, yeah. you know, it's it's you're exactly right. I, there there was this great meme I saw today with, um, you know, there was a, a a black guy rescuing a white child and a and then there was a white guy rescuing a black child, you know, sort of side by side and 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 it's I guess the unfortunate thing in our culture is that it quote, takes an act of God for us to overcome our superficial differences um, that uh, we otherwise take such a, you know, uh, log in the ground over. 
Well, it's interesting. I was I was talking last night with a friend who her father is a hardcore conservative and her husband is a bleeding heart liberal. And um but they really like each other and they get along great and they talk about political issues. They try not to hurt each other's feelings. Um you know, you get onto the computer, and you and I have talked about this in the past, Tony, where people get on Facebook or they get on Twitter. All of a sudden, there's this like, you know, there's the humanity is gone, right? And you're just focused on, and I actually think what happens is you're focused on the worst ideals of a person. You, st- you think, this person isn't like me. So you come, in a way, you're playing up in your own mind their, your biggest differences. And it allows it allows people to just go at each other with little thought for the human being on the other side. And that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why I like what we're doing here. And actually, this person that I was talking to last night talked about that. She's like, it's great that you have yourself and and someone who's more conservative because um, maybe you'll, you can actually have a conversation about things without insulting each other. I know that sometimes you and I really disagree and we, and we can tease each other um, about our differences, but you know, it's always, the, the conversation is always open. And I think that's. Yeah. Important. Yeah. Yeah. Without question. The, um, uh, the, the conversation is definitely open. I, I just, uh, you know, it just, again, it, getting, getting back to, sort of the the treatment of yeah yeah you know media. this whole thing it no. i guess the question is why you know why is it that um you know in this case again it's it's the left uh with the new york times the washington post and some others uh surprisingly mashable did not jump on the bandwagon and i'm actually quite surprised about that the way they've been acting lately but um why is it that the leftist media finds such a need to trivialize such a horrific thing. Um, and, you know, it, it's like, I, I feel as though, you know, these, these media organizations, they, they simply cannot um, recognize the positive things that are happening in our society and culture. And, well, and I think that what this highlights is, you know, it's like, okay, this is such an absolute egregious, Thing that they did by criticizing her shoes that any any knucklehead would recognize that this was the wrong approach, right? I mean, even Mashable again came out and criticized the New York Times and, and Washington Post over this. So, yeah. so it's like when, the, when, 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 when it's that obvious, I mean, what, what we should be doing as consumers is sitting back and saying, okay, when it's not as obvious, what's really going on? Because it's really, a, what's happening is, is the the depravity of our media is being wholly exposed in, in this instance. Well, I think that there are a couple things going on and, and listen, there are, there are, you mentioned Mashable, which is definitely not a, you know, a conservative website. Um, and not Trevor Noah, and Trevor Noah on the daily show defended Melania Trump's shoes and his, and you know, he and the Washington post actually, did a story on Trevor Noah's defense of Melania Trump's stilettos thing. And, and Trevor Noah said, who cares about, you know, the, what are we focusing on? And in total agreement with your point. Um, so there is, I think, an awareness. Look, the reality is that in the media cycle today, um, there are a lot of people aren't reading entire stories. Most people don't get past the headline. They, you know, they, the headline has to be, absolutely inflammatory. You know, it's got to be clickbait. So they want to rope you in with something that's ridiculous or that will really pull at you one way or another. And I think that that's part of the problem. You know, the media has has become kind of distilled down to, in some instances, to the lowest common denominator. Like, we're, you know, we just need to get clicks. And because, and this is money, right? We're talking about money, right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, well, you're talking. You are talking about money. That 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 part is true. I guess the. I guess here's where my frustration is in it. Again, not not to belabor the point I was just trying to make a minute ago, but maybe I wasn't as clear in it. Is mm. if it's so obviously wrong right now that the the New York Post has clearly like 
they, you know, they jumped the shark on this one. And, and it, it, it's got to beg the question in the, the liberal consumer's mindset, okay, well, when I'm listening to all the other things that they have to say and it's not jumping the shark, you know, do I listen with a better ear now, right? I mean, it's, it's clear that they're biased. There's, there's no question that there's bias. Uh, yeah. and, and the same can be said about the right. I'm not, this is not a left yes. or right thing. It's a media issue. I mean, as yeah. Americans, like our freedom of press is one of the, the, the most salient things of our democracy. It's the most, one of the most important things of our democracy. Yeah. Uh, but, but the problem is, is that because we've had such a liberal approach to freedom of press, which we should have, we have completely degraded what is really important in our news consumption. Well, one of the one of the issues I think there, and by the way, I appreciate you making the point that it's the right to. You know, my biggest complaint about the news media uh, after George W. Bush and heading into the Obama administration was I could see a flip happening, right? You know, CNN and MSNBC during the Bush administration, George W. administration. Oh, you're listening to our show. Um, well, I was, I was actually trying, but that's not working. Go ahead. <laughs> CNN and um, CNN uh, during and MSNBC and, and, you know, what you would call left wing outlets, if, if you will, during the Bush, W. Bush administration were heavily critical of George W. Bush. Just like they are now of Donald Trump, uh, you know, maybe maybe less so to some degree, because Trump is, I think, maybe an easier target. But they were extraordinarily maybe. critical. Yeah. OK. Yeah, definitely. So Trump is. Let me let me finish the thought. My, my number one <laughs> okay. criticism of, of the media at that once we turned into the Obama administration, there was a flip that happened. And I was really, really disappointed that that these these media outlets, which I thought were, as you put it, salient and intelligent, were were not being even handed with the way they were handling the two uh, uh, administrations. They weren't being they weren't holding Obama, for example, to the same standards as they were trying to hold George W. Bush to. And that bothered me. It truly did. And I, and I think it's a, and, and by the way, you know, that we can trace this back to when Bill Clinton, um, uh, it was the, the fair, the, what was it? The fair use in media act or something like that, that, that he abolished um, yep. in, in the first year of his presidency, which basically stated that media outlets had to give equal time to both, uh, both, to, uh, both sides of the paradigm, the left paradigm, the right paradigm, they had to give equal uh, voice. And that went away. And so now, and then you had Rush Limbaugh, and then you had, you know, con- uh, liberal pundits who came out of the woodwork. And, you know, it, it, it kind of steamrolled from there. Yeah, I wouldn't I, mind look, going I back. I, I don't have problems with the Howard Stearns and the Rush Limbaugh's, et cetera, of the world. I, I've got no issue with that. I mean, the reality is I, I don't even have problems with uh, – uh, uh, anyway, you know, I, m- most of the folks that you know have a show. That, to me, that's a little bit different. But when you're when you, what's happened, I think what's happened is we we've, we've lost news, right? What we what we have wow. are shows. We don't have news. We have shows, and and shows are yeah. produced and they have purpose yeah. and they're trying yeah. to tell a story and they're you know and and and. Uh, and that that's part of the issue. The uh, the other thing I think is that with with all of that, and you know it's interesting you brought up the Bill Clinton thing, and and uh, you know I, I but I do need to drive home a political perspective on this to some degree. You know, there's that case in Florida that we talked about for a moment a little bit ago, and and the Democratic Party came came out and straight up said. You know, hey, we we admit we cheated Bernie Sanders, but we didn't have an obligation not to. And and right. I don't know how any Democrat can, can continue to be a Democrat and follow that party. I like I, I don't know how anybody could listen to anybody from the Democratic Party at this point and and give them any grain of of trust. Uh, yeah, but here's here's the problem so though. That's, as a broker, that's got to be trust. 
I agree with you. Okay. You know, you know, I agree with you because I was a Bernie Sanders supporter and I was extraordinarily angry and disappointed with the way the DNC handled Bernie. They basically were calling the election for Hillary in February and you cannot call and be based on super delegates, which was ridiculous. And you cannot call an election five months early and expect that the candidate you are calling the election against has a fair shot at winning. It just doesn't work that way. And Bernie, by the way, I think Bernie's showing, despite all of this, was incredibly um, uh, encouraging. But nonetheless, I agree with you. But, you know, the thing is, Tony, it can't be – it's not exclusive to the Democratic Party. The Republican Party has just as much hypocrisy and – and dirty you know, deeds, and I, I, it's I'm sorry. You sh- show me the statement from the Democratic Party coming, or from the Republican Party coming out and saying we don't have to be unbiased. You know, here's here's my point, David. Oh. Is is and, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen on the Republican side, but at least they're smart enough not to. It, I mean, it, they do a better job. Does, they, it, at least. But, they tried everything they question. could to keep Trump from office. Come on, you know that. And yet it failed. So here, here's here's the point, I guess, is is how can a Democrat today have any confidence that the Demo- that anything the Democratic Party says from the platform has any grain of truth to it at all? Well, the DNC is not the Democratic Party. It is the Democratic National Committee. There is a difference. It is not the party. And frankly, it's not the um, person either. There, there are plenty yeah, but, of good Democratic candidates out there. That yeah, there are. The party, there are. The, the DNC no. is the party. The RNC is no. the party. The DNC is the party. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that the DNC represents every Democrat. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there are not good Democrats. There are some, and some of which I agree with, and I gave money to in the last election. Um, what I am saying, but, but, I, but to say that the DNC is not the Democratic Party, that, that, that is what it is. That, that, that's, not a, that's not a true statement. No. Well, okay. You, you, if you're going to run for president and be a Democrat, you have to do that through the DNC. Well, you know, I think if you, you want if, money from the Democratic Party at large, yes. you've got to get it from the DNC. It is the party. Well, actually, In that's fact, not exactly were, true. That's not exactly true because that's not what Bernie did, and it's not what Obama did either. Uh, you know, Obama they, did. Bernie, Bernie. Uh, okay, I don't remember. Well, wait a second. Bernie, when you say it's not what Bernie did, did Bernie not take any Democrat money? I mean, party money. I don't know. I I would have to go back and look at whether he took yeah, DNC I, money. Yeah, I think he ended up but, taking it. I think he ended but, up taking but, it. But the whole the whole thing about Bernie's uh, candidacy and Obama's candidacy in in the first uh, election that he ran for president in was they were raising money primarily through independent uh, small donations, people giving directly to the campaign. They weren't going through the DNC. They were going directly to the campaign and giving money directly to the campaign. And I agree that's what the press reported. Okay. But you think that's wrong? Well, I I mean, I I think that – I think that uh, I, I think if I remember correctly, Sanders did end up taking some PAC money. Um, and, and by the way, I'm not faulting him for that. I, I uh, you know, I, I just I, I sit back and I, I I don't know that that's the issue. In other words, I think the problem is is that here's what I think the real problem is. I, I feel like the heart of the Democratic Party in in terms of the voters on the street. Is a compassionate heart that that um, is is a correctly compassionate heart. I think it's a legitimate compassion for humanity. I, I I think that that is is real. I think I think the problem is is that the leaders of the party take advantage of that. They pander to that, and uh, the leaders of the party really have absolutely no care or concern for the average person. I I, I do not believe that the leadership of the Democratic Party. Has has is in any way, shape, or form synonymous with the average Democrat. I 
I would like to say the same thing about Republicans. I don't know that I can. I will tell you, by the way, I just looked it up on Open Secrets. Bernie Sanders, he raised well over uh, $400 million in individual contributions. You want to know how much he took from uh, political action committees? $5,621. That's it. That's it. Okay, and so so let's let's get back to the point that I was making, and that point is that somehow raising four hundred million dollars of small money from actual voters was not enough to overcome the DNC machine of corruption Agreed. that was standing yep. against him. Yep. Yep. Oh, believe so, me, I'm so if I'm I'm if terribly I'm unhappy. Voter, I really don't believe that my vote matters at all. I don't want to say that I don't believe my vote matters. I think my vote matters. Um, I, I, what I don't like is that I had my party, if you will, if I'm going to, if I'm going to say the DNC is the party, I don't like that I had my party betting against my money, actively participating and stumping against my money for my Worse democratic than that, candidate. David. Worse yeah. than that, betting against your vote. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that's the, but that's that doesn't mean, I don't part. think that means my vote doesn't matter. I, I, I won't go that far. Well, what I, I will can't. say is I can prove that it doesn't matter, at least in this context. In, in this context, it didn't matter when, uh, when, the, when you know, Bernie Sanders was being projected the loser because of the super, the super delegate. It certainly didn't matter when it came down to the Electoral College, right? I mean, the, the point is, is that if you know, there's there's all there's always a problem with the electoral college in terms of how votes really matter. And then when you get a party that is, you know, entrenched and dug in on one candidate, it definitely diffuses the the, the value of a vote even more. I think. Listen, I want to talk about this definitely. We have so many other things to talk about today. If we yeah, are going into okay, we go are on. going into territory that we did not discuss, and I. This is the kind of thing where I'd like to prepare because I think – and listen, it's a salient point, but I don't think it's endemic necessarily solely to the Democratic Party. So um, okay. we do have a caller. Do you want to take a call, and then we'll get into Sheriff Joe? Yeah, let's take a caller. All right, let's take a call. And we'll go to Sheriff Joe. Yeah, I can't wait for Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe. All right. 9072, you are on the air. Hello? Hello. Hi. Hi, who's this? Uh, my name is Valerie. Um, Hi, I'm a Valerie. fan of Dave's. Hi. Oh, how wonderful! Go, Dave. We're all a fan of Dave. Dave's a great oh, guy. I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of Valerie's, and I'm a fan of yours too, Tony. <laughs> What's up, Valerie? Well, um, this is my first time listening to the show, and um, to be honest, I'm I'm not. I don't really know a lot about politics, and your show is is really helping me uh, become more informed on both sides. Um, I guess That's if cool. I if I were to to associate myself with a party, I'd say I'm, I'm more of a Democrat. Um, but you know, listening to the show is really is really helping me uh, with both sides. It's really refreshing to see. You know, two um, two people from the opposite party actually willing to listen to each other and talk it out and stuff. So I just really appreciate you guys. Well, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Valerie. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, you know, the thing is, like, I, I, I hold that you don't have to be a Democrat or a Republican. Frankly, I, I don't even really like those labels because it seems to me at times that they take they they dehumanize us to a certain point it, all of a sudden you just get thrown into a bin i think you can be an independent thinker who happens to uh uh you can ascribe to a certain party politic but um i you know listen i voted uh republican in the past too i i actually uh i actually uh, tony and i think you know this i volunteered for reagan in 84 and I volunteered for a Republican candidate for the state Congress in New Jersey back in, I think it was 94, I think, 94, 95. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's, awesome. it's, not, it's not about the party. It's got to be about the person. That's what I think. And that's why I like Tony. Because for a Republican, <laughs> yeah. he's not bad. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do. Going back to, to you know what you guys were talking about about the media earlier is, 
you know, I think both sides just concentrate on such trivial things and they can, you know, when they can be focusing on legit issues, you know, with, with either, uh, you know, whoever they're talking about or whatever they're talking about. And they, they concentrate on like, you know, Melania Trump's latest, you know, fashion, whatever, you know? Well, so that kind of definitely lessens the validity of, of their, their arguments. We're living in a, in a cult of personality. And quite frankly, the reason I stopped going to the, to a lot of the, mainstream media news sites. I used to get my news almost exclusively from Huffington Post. And um, I just couldn't take it when there was something important going on in the world. And I would go to Huffington Post and on the sidewall, there was a list of the top stories. And it was like Kim Kardashian's having a fight with Kanye West. Taylor Swift is having a fight. You know, and these were the stories. And it's like, who cares? I don't give a shit about that. Stuff. Well, here's, here's the, here's the thing that is interesting to me on that point. And this is not new. I mean, if if I go to the Smithsonian, there's a collection of first lady dresses. Yeah, there's no collection of. How many of them have you worn, Tony? Well, but my question is, <laughs> this, this is not new, right? How many have I worn? Yeah. Yeah, right. This is not a new issue. Why? Why is it? You know, I guess here's here's the issue. You know, we have we have even even folks on the left, including Mashable, you know has an issue with the fact that the story was about Melania's shoes. Why, why didn't they have an issue when it was about, um, uh, you know, every first lady's dress or, or, or you, know, uh, you know, Michelle Obama's attire? You know, Michelle Obama was seen as a, as a fashion trendsetter. What, why is it that the first lady of the United States is reduced to a designer costume? Great question. Yeah. Great question. I think that has a lot to do with who we are as a society. Hey, Valerie, we're going we're gonna to move on, but I, I totally appreciate the call. Thank you for calling tonight. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank I look forward to more shows. Oh, yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Keep well, listening. Thank you. Thanks. We're okay, going to talk okay. about Sheriff Joe next, so uh, tune ah, in for ah, this. Ah, ah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so as we know, Donald Trump – as promised, as advertised, pardoned Sheriff Joe Arpaio earlier in the week. I believe it was actually last week he announced it on Friday. Isn't that right? That's and right. Um, um, uh, as one might imagine, Tony and I have different opinions about what happened and, and, and uh, different tastes about it. So, uh, Tony, why don't you start? How do you feel about Sheriff Joe's pardon? I, I think it's such an incredible non-issue. You know, the reality what? is, for, oh. for me, well, here's, here's, here's where we're going to see this different. You know, for me, uh, the criticisms against Sheriff Joe are about racial profiling and his, his treatment of immigrants. And, um, and, and look, I, I agree he doesn't get all that stuff right. I mean, there's, there's, there is a loss of compassion. Uh, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. However, I do believe that Sheriff Joe honestly and sincerely believed that he was carrying out his oath of office. I do believe that. I, I believe that he was honestly pursuing what he felt was best for the citizens of the area that he lived in. I, I believe that. Now, did he make bad decisions? You know, yeah, I, I think he did. But, but I, don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's um, any worse than folks that, you know, committed murder or terrorism or, or worse than Snowden, or worse than uh, Chelsea Manning, and there's not a, there's not anyone on the left that complained about, you know, uh, Chelsea Manning or that that knucklehead, uh, you know, uh, terrorist uh, exchange for money and all that that went on when Obama, um, oh gosh, it's not Snowden. What was that guy's name that that uh, was in the ISIS camp, and, and or maybe the, the Taliban. And he got traded as a hostage. Who, what was that kid's name? Bergdahl? Bergdahl? Bergdahl. Oh, uh, Bergdahl. Yeah. I, I mean, so. I don't remember opinion, a lot about Bergdahl. Yeah. Okay. Way. So, my opinion the level of risk that Obama, by releasing, you know, some of the folks in Guantanamo, putting them back in the, on the streets to commit more terrorism, or the level of risk that Obama took, uh, you know, with Bergdahl or Chelsea Manning or some of these other folks or Snowden. Um, it, it pales in comparison, or, or I mean, is, or, or Sheriff Joe's Sheriff Joe's crimes pale in comparison 
to some of those others in terms of what they mean for national security. But you know and what, I just, Tony? I just didn't see the left criticizing those things. Okay, but this again, you know what this smacks of when it comes when it comes from the right is it smacks of whataboutism, and and I'm really tired of equivocations and whataboutism. The fact of the matter is, this guy is a criminal. His 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 con his conviction hasn't even been thrown out. He's been pardoned, but his conviction hasn't been overturned, and it won't be overturned until there are oral arguments on it. This guy did some really, really heinous things, and quite frankly, he abused the office. He dismissed hundreds, maybe thousands of unsolved cases, abusing a, a law that he was warned about on he, more than one occasion. He was not convicted for that, though. I mean, now, no, now he wasn't convicted for that, but he was, he was but convicted then, but for But then you can't say he did it. You can't say he did it. Let's stick to what he was convicted of, because okay. that, that's been through a court process. Okay, go ahead. What was the conviction? I guess here's my here's my only point. My only point is this: if I if I take away Trump's ability to pardon Sheriff Joe, then I have to take away Obama's ability to pardon the 1,715 people that he I, acted on. I, I by and, the way, I don't I don't hear anybody right. talking. Yeah, but I don't hear anybody talking about taking away Trump's ability to pardon. I certainly haven't seen the argument that Trump no, no, shouldn't, you're, you're, shouldn't you're, be allowed to pardon. You're criticizing his pardon of an 85-year-old man who really felt he was doing the best thing within his constitutional rights. Granted, he was convicted, but come on. Obama released terrorists back into the battlefield. That's what he did. I mean, it, no, nobody – Okay, again, we're, we're engaging in whataboutism. No, it's this not is what about it. It, No, it's not. It, it, what I'm doing it, it is, is I'm what about the it. argument now. It's not. It's you can't have one without the other. You can't you, criticize this you president you without criticizing can. all presidents. Well, then th that's hypocrisy. You certainly can. It's not hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. It's, you at can. This moment, it's hypocrisy. At this moment, it doesn't matter. At, at a certain point, you have to say you have to get to the point. I think everybody has to get to the point where we go. Whatever happened before is irrelevant. That's mm -hmm. over. When, this happened now. This is the guy who's in the president's chair right now. Listen, when Clinton pardoned, uh, who was it? The uh, Rich um, uh, Rich Hill, was it, I think? Yeah. Yeah, when Clinton pardoned Rich Hill, who absolutely he should not have pardoned, at the end of his, uh, of his presidency, it got a lot of media, and a lot of people were legitimately and righteously pissed about it. There's no difference here. This is the same thing. This is uh, and this is the guy yeah, who's the president right now. Issue. It's not yeah, a non-issue. It's not, well, and it, it is. The I reason think. it's an issue is let me let me let me put. I guess let me put it to you this way. The reason it's an issue for me is because to me, when you say it's a non-issue, or it's an issue now, and it shouldn't have been, and it wasn't an issue with Obama, and we can't bring Obama into the conversation, you discredit yourself because, because the, the problem is well, you do because you didn't judge Obama for 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 releasing Chelsea Manning or or or. Uh, you know, um, Bergdahl. You you didn't criticize him for those things, and so so your argument. I didn't. I actually didn't. Now is discredited. I'll, I'll tell you why I didn't criticize him for releasing Chelsea Manning. I didn't well, think Chelsea Manning belonged in jail. I didn't. Okay. Well, that's where we disagree. Chelsea he Manning. He was, he, was he was a whistleblower. He was convicted of – yes, he was convicted of sharing secrets that he should not have shared. But the fact of the matter okay. is we need guys like that. The government was but doing things But you just started this whole like segment – you just started this entire segment by saying Sheriff Joe's a criminal. So is Chelsea he Manning. He is a criminal. He is a criminal. So is Chelsea Manning. So is Chelsea Manning. Well, he went through the same due process that, that Sheriff Joe did. There should be laws to protect whistleblowers. In the instances anyway. where the public good is so, – So is, here's, here's the real issue. I think this is yeah. really what needs to be talked about. Okay, so yeah. I, I feel like, I feel like where, where the Sheriff Joe thing got off track, in, in all honesty, is, is that um, you know, what Sheriff Joe was trying to do is protect his community. And I agree, he, was, he's, he went too far. I, there's no question of that. In many of the things that he did, he went too far. But but at the end of the day, if if we don't protect the nation's borders, that's a real pro you have no nation at all. And 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 I and I and and I guess what I would say is is if the federal government wants to get in the local policing business, and if it's if it's really going to be a federal issue, then they need to do that uniformly. 
and 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 they're not, and that's a problem. Okay. All right. I think I think that's fair for a final word on this. Um, do you want to talk about Antifa? Since we're getting down, we're we've got about twenty minutes left. Do you want to talk about Antifa? Uh, Antifa. I don't know what to call them. I I say you know uh, I say what I said before. The all left. When call them. Yeah. When when uh, when the left starts looking like ISIS, we're in real trouble, and oh, that, and that's boy. where we are. And. No, I mean it. It does. It's it's the left. It's not. It's not the whole. But left. when the right it's starts looking left. like Nazis, we're not. I mean, you're, that's no. It's a, that's the problem too. That's the same thing. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I think I think we're in real trouble. I think that that is the point. Is that we're in real trouble? <laughs> I mean, okay. you know, and and so the question is, what bursts out of this? You know, what I what I wish we were talking about. Here's what I wish we were talking about. I wish what we were talking about was, you know, what. The DNC came out today and completely discredited themselves. For a long time, the far reaches of the right party have shown themselves to be completely inhumane and depraved. Now the far reaches of the left party are also showing themselves to be completely inhumane and depraved. We can't trust our current system. So, so, so what if the middle, the middle, right, what if the middle found a way to birth a unified party that that isn't the extreme left, it's not the extreme right, and it really represents the views of most of America. What, what like a centrist party? To your point, well, what if we what if we drop this whole idea of Republican and Democrat? To your point, and 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 found the middle ground, and and shed shed the sins of the left and the right altogether. I'm all for it. First thing you have to do is get rid of the electoral college. I agree with that. Done. Yeah. What's next? That was easy. <laughs> well, now that you've gotten rid of the Electoral College, you don't have necessarily a two-party dominated system. There can be a multi-party system, right? Well, in theory, it could exist now with the Electoral College. The, the problem uh, is that... Money. Right. So the issue is money... Okay, so let's talk to that for a minute. If If... If the votes are controlled because the pockets are being lined, um, but but then you look at when the pockets weren't being lined and it wasn't the Electoral College, and you look at how the money influenced the Bernie Sanders Hillary Clinton, you know, race, um, it was still about money, and and the Electoral College wasn't involved. At that point, it was yeah. about spending. Yeah, it's interesting because this is one of those rare um, elections. This last cycle where the person who raised the most money isn't the person who won. Because Hillary also outraised Donald Trump and didn't win that election. Well, it, you know, it, 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 it takes a whole lot of gold to cover a pile of crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we, Trump is proof and, of that. And, 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 and apparently he didn't have enough of gold it. in his bathroom. To cover the crap. Well, no, he won. Remember, he won. It took less gold yeah, he than it won. took for her. Yeah. Is the point? She outraised. You him. know, but he won. He won because he was a populist candidate, and she was a conventional candidate. And he won because she was a polarizing candidate. She had so much baggage coming into this election, which is why I thought Bernie made sense because Bernie was a populist candidate. It was a completely unconventional election cycle. And I knew when Bernie lost that, that Trump was going to win. I really did. I'm like, she's got no chance against this guy. No so, chance. So what does that tell you about the Democratic Party leadership? What it tells you is that the Democratic Party leadership is not really for the people, and it's not really for change. Well, no, I think what it tells you is that there are a lot of Democrats who are open to the idea that the de- that they're they're not necessarily on board with the Democratic Party leadership. What I would like, so you have a lot of Democrats right now who are who are getting a little bit further left and maybe more progressive, and they see the Democratic Party is kind of um, uh, it has compromised itself. So you know the question becomes. If you have people who are able to kind of be awoke and see that in their party, why is it strictly the dominion of the left that that happens on? I guess maybe it's not because Donald Trump wasn't exactly the the um, conventional candidate for the right. And I think a lot of people on the right voted for him because he represented something different. 
Would you agree with that? He was absolutely not the conventional. He was he was clearly no. not the conventional candidate. There were, I mean, the conventional candidates lost early. You know, Lindsey yeah. Graham, he lost early. We only right? one uh, lost Rick, late. Rick Perry, he lost early. <laughs> only that, one lost late. The one, the one from the left lost late. Yeah, right. So I mean, you know, but but my point is is that is that, you know, you, you talk about Bernie Sanders and and what happened in that election, and you know, clearly there was no amount of money that that was going to get the Democratic the Democrat popular candidate into the seat. There, there just was no, no amount of money that was going to do that because of behind-the-scenes politics. That's correct. And, and the, yes, and I agree with that. So how can you have any faith at all in your leadership? I mean, I go back to that. I mean, look, I mean, every, every, every Republican leader on the planet was trying to overcome the Trump problem, and not a single one could do it. Why? Because we had a more think... legitimate process. I don't think that uh, – well, I mean, you say you had a more legitimate process, but we are looking into Trump and Russia. Um, the, Which I don't, is just a silly thing. Yeah, right. I know it's a nothing burger. Um, it's not, no, though. No, I mean, but, but and, what's the – like what? Did, so so the, you know, the, the, the Soviet KGB went and held a gun to people's heads when they were standing in voting booths? I mean – how, is, it exactly the Soviet, it, is, it, is it possible that the Soviets actually hacked the election system? Is it possible that propaganda did damage Hillary Clinton? I mean, all, you well, know, listen, okay, no. the you things that Hillary Clinton was no, accused of, some of no. them were absolutely outrageous. No, okay. no they're, they're totally true. The, the, the bottom line is Hillary did enough damage to herself. There was no propaganda machine needed. She killed herself. And well, as far I, as... Could they hack the system? It's not a national system. Do you know how – I mean, see, this, is, this to me is what the media plays on, is they play on ignorance. And I'm, I'm not saying you're ignorant, but they play on ignorance. Do you know how many different companies run the elections? The, the elections? Do you know how many different computer systems run the elections? It, they're tallied locally, man. It's not it, – the, 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 the you know, systems go to bid with a county or a city – and and they win the right to have their system be the, the the counting system and and there's hundreds of them across the country. You would have to literally hack into hundreds of systems, not one. There is no voting system. There's a voting methodology, but there's hundreds of systems. There was there were there was a a conference recently. I don't know if you're aware of it. This was back in uh, late July. Uh, it was a conference held in Las Vegas, and it was actually a cybersecurity conference. And attendees were invited to hack the voting machines there. They did it. They did See, it in large my numbers. Point. You're, you're missing my point. Uh, sure, they can hack a voting machine. Every but, single but they, voting machine out of the 30 they had was hacked. Every single one. Okay, I, I, I'd have to see the thing. But the, but the point is you're, you're still missing the point. It's not okay, hacking a voting that? machine. It's not hacking, it's hacking a voting machine. It's not it's hacking, hacking 30 system. voting machines. It's hacking hun- – no, it's hacking hundreds of disparate, disconnected systems that are not in one place. There, there's, that are Just are because they're not have- centrally located, Tony, what makes you think they can't do it? If they can hack 30 separate machines. Well, I, I didn't see the thing. And you're – Hacking 30 voting machines is not hacking an architecture that sits behind. I I don't know anything about the thing. I'd have to look at what they did. So I'm I'm, I'm clearly in the dark on this. But what I'm saying is is you've got hundreds of different companies across the country that that have a system, and they're all independently run. They're independently designed. They're independently architected. They're run by different companies with different boards of directors and different investors and different data centers and different, 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 different. I mean, it, it, it's not a machine that you're hacking. And, and so when you're saying they hacked a voting machine, what I hear you saying is that they hacked a machine that somebody goes and clicks a vote on. That's different than hacking the entire network that, that is different from that network over there. I, anyway, I, as a software person with a software background, you're talking about something that is not that it's, even if it even if it could be done, they'd have to, and it probably could be done. Um, it's just more complicated than what you're describing. There, I will tell you, there was a terrific 
expose on Vice News about Russian hackers and what they were doing in the Ukraine. They are able to hack into the power grid in the Ukraine and turn it off. And I'm talking about large swaths of territory. Just shut it down for hours without literally. They have the ability to blow up uh, machines remotely. It's not. It's crazy, but they can do it. So I don't have any questions than what you're describing. Um, uh, I, I, you watch this thing. I don't. I don't know how you can possibly say that. But um, well, I can, listen. Because I, have... I can explain it. I can explain it shortly. In short, this way, a power grid is controlled by one system. The vote. The the various vote, disparate voting systems are all different systems. I mean, it's just it's yeah, it's, but they're it's, all... too, it's night and day. I think you're. T- I think you're. Your logic is is fuzzy here because the reality is whether they're all disparate systems or whether they're all centrally on one central system, if they're on okay, disparate wait, wait. systems, in my, in my opinion, David, it'd be easier to hack. Who's the software guy? You or me? I mean, come on. I've had software companies. I mean, I'm developing software right now. You've I never developed that. software. I'm, okay, so I, so yeah. So believe me, my logic's not flawed on this one. It, it's it's uh, well, a much simpler I, I, thing. To, to penetrate one power grid than it is to penetrate a hundred different companies. It's just easier. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let you have right, it. Anyway, we can uh, move on. We do have a call. Do you want to take a call? Oh, let's take the caller. They're probably going right, to tell us to quit the show. <laughs> Why would they say that? We're very entertaining. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm glad we think so. I think so. All right. All right. Ahead. 2146, you are on the air. Go ahead, please. Hey, Dave, it's Brenda calling you from Houston. Oh, oh hey, hey, Brenda hey. from Houston. Welcome, Brenda. How you doing? You staying above water? You keeping? You staying dry? Yeah. Um, my house is, had minimal damage, but I've been up at my parents' house about 30 miles north taking care of them and keeping them safe. So Good, good. Yay. I just wanted to say hi, and it's good to hear a, a good voice. And no, I would never tell you guys to stop being on the air. That's just silly. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts about anyway, any of the things I, we're talking about tonight? Um, I didn't get to catch all of the last bit of the um, the hacking of the voting, but I've just been trying to um, still wrap my head around everything that's going around here. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We we've got um I've got my my two daughters with me and we're both going to some local shelters tomorrow to help out do whatever we can because it's the first good, time yeah. we're actually able to get on the roads and mm-hmm. um so we're going to try to do what we can. I'm actually north of Houston in Tomball. Okay, um, yeah, sure. All the areas around me are there's there's still quite a bit that's still underwater, um, but I, I went to my parents' house up in Conroe, a little farther north. But and it's guys, it's and, and I gotta say this because it's Houston's my heart. I've lived here for years, but it's not just Houston; it's the entire southern coast of Texas, from right. Orange, Texas, all the Galveston. way to you know. Of course, you know, Corpus got hit Corpus first Christi, yeah, and yeah. and yeah. all of the Rockport and everything down there. So I'm, I know that everybody's, you know, Houston's strong and J.J. Watt is raising money and yeah, even wow. Jensen and, and Jared and Misha and the whole Supernatural cast is raising money with random acts. I just hope that people realize it's not just Houston. It's a huge huge hunk of texas is underwater well you know, you know it's, it's bad it's we're I, in I california like 26 we, trillion gallons of water that's a lot of yeah. freaking water guys yeah we'd love you know, some of it here just, um uh oh god if somebody could please figure out a way to ship this to the places that need water that would be awesome yeah why, right instead of building was, oil pipelines why don't we build a big water pipeline and just get some of the water out here to la I'd love that. I'll I'll, right. I'll back it. I'll, I'll sign a petition. Well, let's let's get it going because this is just absurd. We've got way too much, and there's so many places that could use it. 
Well, we are, our um, hearts are with you and our thoughts are with you all out there. And, um, and believe me, if I, I'm actually headed to Dallas this weekend and uh, it's for a birthday party and I know the guy's got a boat, he's got a, he's got a small lake. And I, I, I really truly was thinking like, <laughs> I wonder if we should just get, get that boat and go drive, take that drive to Houston and, and go and try and help people. I think the, the water's receding at this point. Isn't that right? Um, a lot of the areas it's receding fairly quickly. Um, I know that in Orange and in Port Aransas, um, they just released one. They released a dam, and one dam broke, and I don't remember which was which. I'm sorry. I just read it on Twitter quickly as I was scrolling through. But So it's it's those areas south of Houston, south, I think, southeast, northeast, yeah, southeast of Houston, where everything is flowing down back into the Gulf. Now mm. they're all flooding again. So, you know, we got all the water, it's running back down, and now they're flooding for the second time. So, um, yeah, the more they have to release the dams so that the levees don't break, the more the water goes where it's supposed to go, back out to the Gulf, the more those towns and areas get flooded again. Mm -hmm. And they hadn't even dried out from the first time yet. So, (laughs) yeah, we're kind of a mess here. Um, (laughs) Well, please do take care of yourself and take care of your family and know that we, uh, you know, that we're all with you in spirit. And, you know, Tony said it earlier in the show, this is, these kinds of things really do bring people together. It doesn't matter what your philosophical bent is. It doesn't matter what your, what your racial uh, profile is. It's, and, you know, quite frankly, it brings people together around the world. It, It really doesn't even matter what country you're in. You know, these kinds of tragedies just, if if you have an ounce of compassion in your soul and most human beings have at least that you can't help but feel solidarity with the people in Texas right now right well i will tell you my neighbor and i um we don't speak because the the spanish that i know is basically what i grew up learning on sesame street so it's definitely not conversational spanish he speaks very little english if any at all and I, when I got a chance to get back to my home today to assess the damage, there were, you know, tree branches all in my yard, limbs, and, you know, it was a mess. So I started, you know, picking up what I could. I didn't have any gloves with me or anything else, so I was only picking up small. And he came and tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, no, 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 I fix. Um. And I just looked at him and said, it's, it's too much. And, I, and he said, no, no, I fix, neighbor, help neighbor. And I had gone in to get something to drink, and I, I came back with some water, and I, you know, I gave him a bottle of water, and I tried several times to let to talk him into letting me pay him, but he would not. He wouldn't do it. He accepted the water, but he would not accept the money. He said, "No, no, no. I help neighbors." Wow. So it is. It is that kind of spirit that we're seeing everywhere. There is no Black Lives Matter. There is no anti fascism there's no there's there's nothing nobody's got labels yeah neighbors Mm, it's complete strangers that have come from all over you know we've got the cajun army down here we've got Mm. people from all over that came just because they needed help somebody needed help and they were able to do it so they came and i wish that was on the front page of the new york times Me too. Yeah, that's Me too. And you know what? Let's not kill it. I, I mean, the reality is it, it, there are stories about this sort of thing on the front page of the Times. But listen, Brenda, we really appreciate the call. We've only got about 60 seconds left. left. Uh, we, we love you. We wish you the best. Thanks. Thank yeah, you thanks so much, guys. Appreciate you. All right, sweetheart. Be, be well out Bye. there. Stay dry. Okay. Um, Tony? You know, we didn't get to a lot of the stuff we we thought we were going to talk about today. Uh, Antifa, totalitarianism. No, Sheriff, Sheriff Joe, because Sheriff Joe turned into hacking, computer hacking. <laughs> <laughs> and I do, you know, I was going to say to her, if I, if you want a recap of the last five minutes, it was mostly me saying really smart, salient things, and and uh, and my friend saying blah 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 i programmed blah 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 tech developer blah, yeah blah, right blah. that's what it was that's yeah. exactly yeah. right okay yeah um <laughs> well uh, oh, we, we gotta sign off we've got about 15 seconds left so listen thanks tony it's been wonderful again thank you so much. 
Yeah, it's been great. Thanks to all of our listeners, and we'll be back next week. Yes. How about this? (laughs) Very nice. That's it. We're done. You there?